Solar PV Cast by Shift, a podcast exploring solar energy and the role it plays in improving our lives and our planet. Here's your host, Chris Palliser. Hey, what's going on? Yes, it is Chris, and this is another episode of the Solar PV Cast. As always, it is brought to you by Shift. For all your solar and energy storage needs, make sure to visit shift.ca. On today's episode, we're going to talk about commercial net metering, specifically in Nova Scotia, where there's been a big ban on commercial net metering on projects up to 100 kilowatts and beyond. However, that ban is about to lift, and there is a one organization in Nova Scotia that has had a role in, in lifting that ban. And we're going to uh, be joined by one of the board members, Roby Douglas, to talk about that ban, Solar Nova Scotia, and of course, the continuing transition to renewable energy on a residential side, and of course, in this episode, focusing on the commercial side. Roby, thanks for joining the podcast this morning. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, first, uh, I like to get a little background out of the gate for those watching, for those listening. Uh, yourself, you're with Solar Nova Scotia. What's your story and why are you so passionate about about solar and how did you get on board with Solar Nova Scotia? Yeah, I guess I've been in the renewable sector for almost 10 years now. Um, like many folks in, in solar, started out in wind uh, and started to see that solar was really coming down the cost curve and was going to be a really competitive source of renewable energy um, here in Canada. So uh, a few years back, made the swap over to solar and haven't looked back since. Um, one thing that really attracts me about the solar industry in general is just the modularity and scalability of it. It really allows individual homeowners, businesses, and then all the way up to utility scale applications to take charge of their own energy and generate the energy that they need. So it gives options where up until now, there really hasn't been options. You only were allowed to buy power from the grid. So I've been with Solar Nova Scotia now for about six months, uh, joined the board at the beginning of the year and have been um, really focused on the commercial net metering and interconnection issues um, where we've been an intervener with the utility and review board here. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit because uh, I know you guys have some stories. Um, you know, I've heard letters to the the premier of Nova Scotia and, and changing things around, and and um, which is great. So you guys definitely have your your finger on the pulse in Nova Scotia. But we'll we'll talk right now about that commercial net metering, uh, the ban. Why was the ban put in place in the in the first place? Yeah, so I guess our understanding of the ban was really that it was a bit of an unintended consequence. So at the beginning of uh, 2022, our local utility here in Nova Scotia Power um, put forward to the uh, Utility Review Board um, a system access charge for all solar installations where if you were going to generate solar electricity and use net metering that you would have to pay the grid and that would have really destroyed the solar industry here. So in the course of uh, really just a few days, Solar Nova Scotia mobilized our membership and we had over $30,000 donated to fund a legal campaign to fight against this system access charge. And uh, the Premier of Nova Scotia took interest in it um, and spoke out against it, speaking to protect the industry and to protect Nova Scotians. And, and actually, uh, as a result of that in Nova Scotia, uh, we've got a very unique uh, policy now which is the right to self-generate electricity. So it's not just uh, that we have programs, we actually have a right as Nova Scotians to generate our own electricity up to 27 kilowatts. Um, so when it came to sort of the, the ban on uh, commercial net metering, that was really a bit of an unintended consequence that when this right to self-generate came in, uh, the 
predecessor, the Enhanced Net Metering Program, um, was canceled. So uh, the, the province recognized this as an issue and in November of last year uh, released uh, the new commercial net metering program, uh, which would be a one megawatt uh, program, so up from 100 kilowatts. And uh, ever since then, we've been working with stakeholders, our membership, uh, the UARB and, and Nova Scotia Power to get a new net metering program that's going to be really workable for Nova Scotians. As you mentioned, there's uh, class one and class two uh, types of net metering now. Um, so class one is similar to the old program, up to 100 kilowatts, which uh, has been released earlier this month. And then we're looking forward to class two being released in the fall. The, I mean, there is solar projects in Nova Scotia that are, you know, over or up to 100 kilowatts and beyond. How uh, have they been tapped out at 27? Yep. Oh, short, man. Answer is, short answer is yes. Uh, slightly longer answer is um, solar uh, technology is, is smart technology at its core, um, very easy to control and monitor. So we're able to uh, essentially throttle back our solar installations to 27 kilowatts until the new net metering programs released and net metering agreements can be signed. And then those projects can be uh, sort of taken the handcuffs off and pushed all the way back up to 100 kilowatts or beyond. That must have been tough for some people sitting on this giant solar array and only putting out 27 kilowatts, eh? Yeah, certainly certainly has been um, a bit of a sticking point for a number of folks, but uh, glad to see that there's an end in sight. Yeah, and so you mentioned, ha has the uh, Class 1 opened up then in Nova Scotia? Yeah, so we've actually uh, just this week started putting interconnection requests and net metering applications together, so really looking forward to working with Nova Scotia Power and uh, getting through those bit of a backlog, I'm sure. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. And then, and then, you know, kind of holding uh, Nova Scotia Power accountable, there's a deadline for the next class too. Is that correct? When's that? Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's October 4th. It was 90 days from, uh, from the early July um, uh, determination that the UARB gave. And there's also service standards that uh, have now been laid out very clearly for both class one and class two. And uh, it's also great to see that there's uh, looks like the potential for a fast track option. So um, understanding that there is some degree of um, studies required prior interconnecting, especially larger facilities, that uh, we're going to have a fast track option. So um, if you go to 101 kilowatts and you're in a class two, you're not necessarily going to be treated as if you're a one megawatt uh, installation. So there's going to be right. some sort of gray area there that hopefully will allow for those sort of medium-sized net metering projects to uh, to move quickly through the interconnection process. That's great. What's the transition like on the commercial side in Nova Scotia? Speaking on the BC side of things, obviously uh, with hydro, rates are lower here and Nova Scotia's got some big rate hikes coming to the on the utility side. Um, so what's the transition like? I'm assuming it's it's moving pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, the the sort of ban on uh, net metering uh, has been a bit of a uh, slowing factor for the last year and a half here. But uh, there are a lot of folks that are interested and they've been waiting for this to get uh, to get solved before making the uh, investment decision into going solar. And earlier this year, we had a 6.9% rate increase. Um, we have a, a regulated rate increase of 6.8% for next year. So that's a total of like 14% in two years. 
So you can really see that uh, not only is solar just a great uh, way to take charge of, of your electricity bill, but also it's a great hedge against inflation. So as those rates go up, you're sort of locking yourself in at whatever it costs you to install your system at the time. And with this 30% tax credit, um, I'm assuming that can only help the transition in terms of, uh, of of moving to solar in Nova Scotia. But is the is the mindset already there for most people, or is there a lot of education needed around it still? I think the residential boom here in Nova Scotia has done a lot to shift the public perception and to build a lot of um, sort of public awareness about the benefits of solar and renewable energy in general. Um, so I think it's it started from sort of the residential scale, but you know everybody that lives in a house or at least most people work at a business, and so they're probably going to be thinking about this for their businesses or the businesses that they work at as a method of reducing their GHG emissions hedging their bets on what the electricity rates are going to do in the future and, and taking charge of their electricity bills. Nova Scotia gets a lot of snow. This is just a, you know, a, a personal <laughs> question on solar. Um, I, I think you haven't spent much time here, Chris. Yeah, I got to get out there at the Atlantic Solar Summit, December 6th. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out there for that. I, I'm looking forward to it. I've spent a lot of time in BC compared to how much time you spent in Nova Scotia. And uh, I come out almost every year to go skiing. And I can say last year in Nova Scotia, I got out skiing one day. That's how little snow we had. Really? Yeah, it was a mild wow. winter. Wow. Okay, so there you go. So the panels were, uh, were staying clean. Oh, yeah. It was a good winter for solar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Now, when it comes to Solar Nova Scotia and, and your role in all of this policy and the government, I mean, you know, I had Daniel uh, McKay from Solar Nova Scotia, one of the founding members, when yeah. it was burger, Burgers and Beers on a Friday night. And uh, he was great to chat to. Check out the podcast if, if you're watching and listening um, about the history of, of how it began. And it was essentially people that were just trying to use less energy and make passive homes and and now it's really morphed into the solar PV focus. Because of the history of Solar Nova Scotia, you guys have a seat at the table, correct? Yeah, I would say both because of the history of the organization, you know, dating back to the 80s, but also really in the last sort of five years, the membership is really bolstered up and we have uh, a much more active and, and larger board of directors um, as well as corporate members um, that are looking to have their voices heard. And so we're doing our best now um, as sort of a, uh, an evolved version of, of Solar Nova Scotia to ensure that we're really taking the time to engage with our corporate members and hear what are their priorities, what are the issues that they're seeing, and what are the things that we need to be fighting for in terms of making uh, solar electricity as accessible as possible for Nova Scotians, as right now that's a really an issue. I feel like you're leading the country in this sense. I don't know off the top of my head many other provinces that have such a, um, not many provinces have that foundation of, of a group. So do you guys get a lot of people reaching out and asking, well, how did you do this? And, and how did you guys come about this? Um, not to my knowledge, but I really focus on the, the policy side. So like my okay. I guess, role within Solar Nova Scotia is the chair of the industry committee. So I'm really focused on what are the matters at hand with the UARB and collecting feedback from um, the, the membership and prioritizing our advocacy efforts to, uh, to really 
try to get try to shift to to more favorable policies, better incentives, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah, so I guess I, I haven't really seen that. But in terms of leading the country, I think our provincial government has really done a lot. Um, has really stepped up to the plate um, to back the the residents of Nova Scotia and ensure that they have. Uh, sort of access and they have a bit more energy equity than in other places. And when we've seen these sort of regressive policies from uh, from the local utility here, and we're seeing those in, in other jurisdictions as well and other provinces, uh, the provincial governments and other provinces aren't, aren't, you know, going up to bat for their residents in the way that um, really our provincial government has in the last couple of years. That's great. Is there, is there a, um, a battle? <laughs> Uh, I mean, with the utility company, I mean, you can't do net metering without the utility company. So they 1000% have a role in all of this. But absolutely. Do you sense there's um, kind of a, a mainstream or a public anger with the utility company with these regressive policies and, and the fact um, they're, they're not making it easy and they're and they're hiking rates as well? Yeah, I mean, there's... Um uh, I mean, there's a, a number of reasons that rates are going up. Um, I don't think that they're necessarily linked to uh, to net metering in any way. Um, but like the net metering is sort of a two way street. Um, the way that legislation is currently drafted uh, with um, you know the right to self generate. So you know Nova Scotians are allowed to essentially use the grid as, as their battery and. In exchange for that, um, Nova Scotia Power gets to basically uh, collect all of the renewable energy attributes associated with that. So they have a target to be 80% renewable by 2030. They're essentially getting closer to that target uh, in exchange for allowing residents to use their grid as a battery. So there, there is a give and take to it. It's not right. that the net metering customers are are sort of getting a, a sweet deal here. Yeah, yeah. Power is getting something for what they're what they're giving us. Yeah, for sure. In the future, is there anything else you guys are looking at um, at when it comes to policy and looking at changing and, and any other adjustments you would like to make going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a few like key issues. Um, again, our, our provincial government's fairly um, progressive in their in their policies and their views. So um, they've already laid the foundation for an energy storage framework, and I think uh, everybody is really interested in energy storage, both as a means of sort of allowing more uh, cheap renewable energy onto the grid and balancing that that intermittent generation, um, but also at the uh, resiliency level. So for individual homes and, and businesses and, and critical infrastructure to keep the keep the lights on during extreme weather events. We've had uh, in the last two years, we've had two really bad hurricanes, like 170, 190 kilometer per hour winds. Um, so resiliency is coming to the forefront. So it's not just climate change mitigation. It's also climate change adaptation and um, solar uh, homes with solar and businesses with solar provide a really great uh, uh, location to install energy storage systems. So um, we're really looking forward to seeing where that goes. Um, so that's sort of in the medium term. And um, in the short term, we're really looking forward to the community solar program coming out, uh, should be coming out this fall. Um, so that'll, that really helps address a key issue of energy equity. Um, so 
essentially right now, if you want to go solar, you need to own the home you're in uh, or have permission to, to put the panels on your roof. But if you're renting, if you have a house that uh, you know has a lot of shading or the roof doesn't face south, you really can't participate in the clean energy transition. So the community solar program is, is really being designed to address that energy equity issue and allow all Nova Scotians uh, access to, to the benefits of solar. So we're really looking forward to working with the province and UARB on on that program as it's as it's launched and as well uh, with commercial net metering, you know it's it's great to see that the UARB here has already put in in place. We haven't even finalized uh, class two net metering yet, but there's already uh, like a shotgun clause in there that says within the next two years we're going to look at this again and make sure that we're keeping it up to date as things change, which is Amazing. really great to see because policy should be living it should be a living document you know totally yeah how much um of your role is getting in early i mean it's one thing when you know a change happens and you say okay we need to go to bat we need to look at this again um i'm just thinking you know building integrated photovoltaics and things like that it's so important now to get in early on commercial side it's like okay we're going to build a commercial building let's make sure there's a nice big south facing roof same thing applies to residential how much uh, is Solar Nova Scosa trying to get in with developers and things like that? Yeah, so I guess that's not really our mandate as an organization. Um, okay. Certainly, like to improve the sort of general knowledge in the in the community here of uh, of Nova Scotia on you know the benefits of solar and how best to like design buildings and that sort of thing um, is sort of not really within our purviews. Certainly we have corporate okay. members in, in the engineering consulting and architecture and energy and sustainability engineering sectors that would be focused on that. Um, but Nova Scotia, I think, uh, has, you know, as somebody who works in, in the sector here on the back end, on the construction side, we see buildings being specced with solar all the time now, which is really great to see. So um, when it comes to the, the individual, like single family um, residential units, um, I know there's uh, there's some issues around, you know, the Canadian Greener Homes Grant uh, not really being viable for for new builds. So there is some work that we are doing on that really to address that issue of, you know, we we're not saying that we're going to go full California here and make it illegal yeah. to build a house without solar. But certainly right. uh, the existing incentive programs that are out there should accommodate new builds as well as retrofits. So we are looking at that. Yeah, great. What about parking lots? There's that France law, you know, that was passed last July, and I'd love to see that here in Canada. I was like, are you guys getting involved on parking lots? Let's get some solar on those things. <laughs> yeah, parking lots are really interesting. Carports. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I see them, you know, traveling around, especially in like the Northeast US. You see, if you go to Boston, you see them everywhere. Yeah. Uh, then it's an interesting addition, and it's a really good way to make use of that space. One of the things I love about rooftop solar is that it doesn't use land yeah. that can be used for other purposes. Um, so as we saw in, in um, Alberta, you know, the six month moratorium on essentially ground mounted solar, but you know, roof mounted solar is still allowed. I can understand where they're coming from, from that perspective. Um, but the carports I think are, are a great option for that as well. You're, you're using, um, you're using space, uh, that has no other real value. So that's really totally. efficient from a, from a land use standpoint. Yeah. I did a chat a couple of weeks ago, um, with the Shady Creek Lamb Company in Ontario. They're doing agrivoltaics 
So their their sheep are roaming a solar panel field, and the sheep are living their best life. They got the shade, they got the green grass. It's, yeah, life is good. So it's just really exciting to see uh, the big picture of these things happening: agrivoltaics, the parking lots, and of course on the commercial side as as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I I appreciate you taking the time for the conversation and and covering the the commercial side of of the ban that was in place that has just lifted this week on up to a hundred kilowatts and then class two up to one megawatt. Are you excited about that? Oh, absolutely! We've got big plans. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, uh, Roby Douglas, board member from Solar Nova Scotia, joining the Solar PV Cast today. Uh, thanks for taking the time again, Roby, and, and sitting down with us today. Pleasure is all mine. Thanks, Chris. The Solar PV Cast by Shift with Chris Palliser. To begin your solar journey, visit shift.ca.